you, me, guitar picks. There are so many out there. Where do you even start experimenting with them? Well, don't worry. Today, I'm gonna be sharing with you my 10 favorite guitar picks ever made. Hey, TAC family, welcome to episode 252 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show. This show is designed to inject your guitar journey with a weekly dose of fun, focus, progress, and inspiration. And speaking of inspiration, a little bit later on, you're gonna meet TAC family member Keith M. And he's been through it all. He started playing guitar, he stopped playing guitar, he got back into playing guitar, and then hit about every single obstacle you can imagine. But all throughout those obstacles, he maintained his guitar routine. So you'll hear his priceless words of wisdom. You're also gonna see what the Tack family is working on today, and it's a guitar lick entitled Bearded Lady. But don't be scared, it's actually really cool. And of course, your weekly dose of acoustic news awaits. And that includes a must-see fundraiser. Seriously, this is one you're gonna wanna take part in. And also, a hefty dose of inspiration, plus a whole bunch more. But first, you and I, well, we must pick. I've picked out my 10 favorite guitar picks, and I wanna share them with you. Guitar picks are the least expensive tonal experiment that you can conduct on your acoustic guitar. Depending on the shape of the pick, depending on the thickness, depending on the material, all of those factors combined can issue a myriad of tones. And that's what we're gonna discuss today. I have 10 of my favorite guitar picks right here in front of me. I had to clean them up after throwing them. And I wanna share these with you. Are these picks for everybody? No, but I think it will give you a great starting point, especially if you're open to experimenting with flat picks. So without further ado, let's dig in. Not only will I name these picks, I will share with you what I like about them, and then you're actually gonna get a chance to hear them. Because yes, indeed, guitar picks impact tone in a major, major way. Let's dig in. Coming in at number 10 is the Golden Gate Mandolin Pick. Yes, it's a mandolin pick, but I like it for guitar. It's actually thick and it has rounded corners. I'm talking like pretty much almost circular in a way. And you might be thinking, well, how does this impact guitar tone? It gives you this wonderful, fat, round, mellow tone, almost bringing out the woodiness in your guitar. Do I use these all the time? No. Do I use these in a studio when I'm looking for a rhythm guitar tone that's not super upfront? Yes, that's exactly why I like this pick. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. The number nine spot is held by the Dunlop Jazz 3. Now, I really dig this pick for two reasons. First and foremost, it's shape. It's sharp, so I can really get into the strings with great accuracy, and it issues kind of a, a, a well, a rather sharp tone. It's very articulate. It's very uh, crispy, if you will. The second reason I like this pick is its size and the max grip texture. If you're looking for a pick that does not spin between the size of this and between this max grip stuff that it has, it's kind of a rough pick, this pick does not spin at all. You have to work really hard to get it to spin as a matter of fact. So that's why this pick made the list. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. There's a real oddball in the number eight position. This is a pick that you may shy away from, but I encourage you to give it a try. It is the John Pierce Fast Turtle. 
This is a casein guitar pick. Casein is just a, um, it's basically a manufactured protein that replicates tortoise shell to a degree. Now, this pick is extremely thick. It's way thicker than any pick I've ever used. It's well above 2.0, and it has this really wonderful bevel on it. It's also shaped like an angle, or shaped on an angle, I should say, and it has a dimple for your thumb, making this pick really easy to grip. Now, let's talk about the tone. This is a cross between the pick that I really like in the number one position and the Golden Gate Mandolin pick. You get the accuracy, but you also get this wonderful round woody tone from it. It takes a while to get used to because there is zero flex on this pick, but I really dig the tone specifically for rhythm guitar, specifically for playing melody lines or single note lines on the high strings because it takes some of the bite out of them and really kind of offers all the body that those strings, well, can produce. So here's the John Pierce Fast Turtle. If you like a pick with great snap, great flex, and that feels solid and stiff, this next pick is for you. Coming in at the number seven spot is the Wegen pick, W-E-G-E-N. It has these wonderful holes drilled in it for grip, and as I mentioned, it's a stiff pick. I'm actually not sure of the material, but it's not just a generic plastic, at least to my knowledge, but it has this flex built into it, yet it's really stiff. So if you're working with a, uh, a guitar with a longer scale length, this is a great pick to experiment with because it moves through the string rather easily, but produces this wonderful, well, snappy tone. Let's go ahead and give the Wigan pick a listen. <laughs> These Wigan picks come in a variety of shapes, a variety of thicknesses. I like these black ones. I'm not sure if that's related to the thickness, but these are actually rather thin. They're probably a uh, maybe a 1.2 or something like that. But again, I dig the flex, love the grip, and I love the tone that it issues, again, on a longer scale guitar. Great snap, great snap. Actually really comfortable to play with. Okay, moving on to the number six position. This is a pick that I found by accident from the folks at Steve Clayton. It is the Steve Clayton, or Clayton for short, Ultem. Okay, U-L-T-E-M. This pick comes in a variety of shapes and thicknesses as well. I really dig the 1.5 on this smaller, more traditional teardrop-shaped guitar pick, and, I, and this one here, the, the wider triangle one, is a 1.26. This is a harder material. It has great clarity. It has a wonderful push through the strings, meaning it doesn't flex, but it still moves smoothly through the string. Hopefully that makes sense. You have to hear this pick. It's a very comfortable pick to use, and one that if you like a pick with minimal flex, uh, this is definitely the pick for you. Um, even at its uh, reduced thickness, uh, or rather, even with the thinner picks, um, it doesn't have a lot of flex. Very stiff pick and one that I think you should check out. So here's how it sounds. Coming in at the number five spot is a red bear pick, but not the one that you think. 
Coming in at number five is the Red Bear Tough Tone pick. This is a different material than the traditional Red Bear pick, which is a casein material. This is a some sort of plastic. Uh, I like the extra heavy, kind of the, the fatter teardrop ber version. Uh, version. <laughs> version. This one has a bevel, a speed bevel on it, and that's why I really dig this pick, because it, again, it moves through the strings rather smoothly, and since this pick does not flex, at least the extra heavy version does not, I need that bevel to move through the strings. Does a great job of that. This is a great pick if you're looking to pull maximum volume out of your guitar because it is heavier, but the the uh, the material slips through the strings pretty smoothly, as I mentioned before. So between the material and the speed bevel, uh, you have great opportunity to pull a lot of tone out of your acoustic guitar. Uh, let's go ahead and give the Red Bear Tough Tone a listen. <laughs> dig this next one. And this one caught me by surprise. Coming in at the number four spot is the Dunlop Flow 2.0. This pick is Altem-ish material. Not sure. It actually resembles, I guess in a way, kind of feels like glass. It's not glass. It's some sort of plastic, a harder plastic composite type thing. But what I dig about this particular pick, the Dunlop Flow 2.0, well, is the material. I've already talked about that at length. But I also like the fact that it has a little grip built in, kind of similar to the Jazz 3 pick, but the shape is really outstanding. It's got a sharper point and it has a little bit fatter area for your thumb. Uh, I'm not sure if these picks come in a variety of shapes, but whatever the shape that I bought, I really dig. And I that may very well be the only one. But this is one that you should try. This is a, a 2.0 in terms of thickness, so it's a thicker pick, but the tone, because it's a harder plastic, is, is quite articulate. It's, um, it's rather, well, it's actually kind of glassy in terms of its detail and its, uh, its just overall clarity. So let's give the Dunlop Flow 2.0 a listen. We're getting to the top three. And the number three spot is, I think, the least expensive pick on this list. This is a great pick if you want monster tone, but you don't want to spend a lot of money. You know, some of these picks that I've listed off already, the Red Bear Tough Tone, that's upwards of around 12, 20 bucks, somewhere in there. Um, the Wigan picks are around 13. Uh, the pick coming in at the number one spot for me is actually around, it's actually around 40 bucks, but we're not there yet. Uh, coming at the number three spot is the Dunlop Altex Sharp, specifically the 2.0. I love this pick because it is a standard shape with a sharper point. This Altex material very much resembles the Flow pick, but I think it's even a little bit harder. This pick has zero flex. It does not have a speed bevel, which means the, the point is kind of worn down. But I will say this, with use, the Dunlop Altex Sharp gets this wonderful natural bevel that produces great tone. It, it moves through the strings with great accuracy and ease, and uh, the tone produced is, is pretty outstanding. It really brings out the best in your acoustic guitar. To me, it brings out the wonderful warmth and resonance that we want out of our acoustic guitar, yet it maintains this wonderful clarity. This is, uh, this Dunlop Altex picks, uh, Dun... <laughs> This Dunlop Altex pick is the antithesis of the Golden Gate mandolin pick. 
you have both ends of the spectrum here. Uh, so uh, without further ado, let's hear the Dunlop Altex 2.0. All right, we're on the home stretch. Coming in at number two is the Red Bear Classic. To me, this, and in fact, very well may be the first case and pick that was mass produced. I remember ordering these at the Old Town School uh, when they first came out, or at least when I think they first came out, and they were all the rage. Uh, I love this casein material because again, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a manufactured protein. Think, um, uh, not to sound weird, but if somebody manufactured fingernails. I guess it's easier to say if somebody manufactured tortoise shell, uh, that's exactly what this material is. It produces a wonderful warm tone. Uh, however, it maintains this, this body. Uh, I can't, I don't know the best way to explain it. You get fatness, yet you get detail. Uh, it seems to be like the, if the, if the three bears got together and, um, mix their preferences, that's what this one is. Or maybe it's the middle bear. However that story goes, the bear that got the oatmeal or the porridge that was just right, to me that's the Red Bear Classic. Uh, it comes in a variety of shapes. I have uh, the Classic here, or the Classic 2, and then I have the wider, uh, it's, I think it's called the Tri-Tip. Um, but I really dig these case and picks, and I think Red Bear really led the charge with these. So this is the number two spot for me. Let's go ahead and give them a listen. <music> Number one spot, and you probably guessed it if you've watched the Acoustic Tuesday show for any time, the number one spot is the blue chip pick. I don't know what this material is. I don't know if I even care what it is. It's magic. It has this wonderful built-in lubrication. For lack of a better term, it slips across the strings with ease. It does have a speed bevel, and it also has this inherent ability to not spin in your hand. Now I will say I pair my blue chip pick with Picker's Grip, which is a, a kind of a grippy, tacky material that you just put on the face of the pick. A uh, huge shout out to Billy Cokes, who watches the Acoustic Tuesday show, who actually manufactures pick, Picker's Grip. Uh, in fact, it's a great material to use on whatever pick you choose because it really gives you this wonderful tack. But even without it, the blue chip pick stays in my hand. It doesn't spin. Uh, specifically, I like the TAD-1R because it kind of combines all of the things I like about all of the picks I've mentioned thus far. I have the round corner for kind of that, that mandolin, uh, warmer, fatter single note. And then I have a sharper uh, side for that more detailed articulate stuff, like think cross picking. Um, love the TAD-1R by Blue Chip. I like the 80 thickness. Um, it has very minimal flex, but gosh, as soon as I started using these blue chip picks, I couldn't stop. And it is my go-to. It's my Swiss Army knife of picks. I want you to hear it, so, well, let's go ahead and listen. Um, the guitar I'm playing, just for those that are curious with this, is a Thompson Dreadnought with Madagascar Rosewood back and sides, Adirondack Spruce Top. It's a killer guitar, and I think it, it really is a guitar that is rather expressive, which is why I chose it to sample all of these picks. Okay, without further ado, here's the blue chip pick. So those 
Those are my favorites. What is your favorite pick? In the comments below, please let me know. Flood the comments with different pick recommendations. Like I said, it's the least expensive experiment, uh, least expensive tonal experiment you can do with your acoustic guitar. So I would love to see what pick you're using. And uh, another question, would you like me to do this same thing with thumb picks? Because I have a bevy of thumb picks. And, but I thought to myself, you know, I'm not sure if uh, the Acoustic Tuesday viewing audience would resonate with a thumb pick comparison. Uh, I've got a whole slew of them and I'd love to share them with you if you're interested in that sort of thing. So again, let me know in the comments below. Within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, each day of the week is dedicated to one of the five essential categories of guitar improvement. On Mondays, we do a technique challenge, Tuesdays a guitar lick challenge, Wednesdays an improvisation challenge, Thursdays a rhythm guitar challenge, and Fridays a chord transition challenge. It does happen to be Tuesday. It is Acoustic Tuesday. The Tack family is working on a guitar lick, and here's the exact lick that they're working on. Your Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge is entitled Bearded Lady. It's in the key of E, it is a blues lick, and it's rather gruff, but actually pretty nice. Much like I assume a bearded lady would be. Maybe instead of gruff, I should have said scruff. Anyways, you get the idea. This is a blues lick. It's a very useful blues lick that actually exposes a much greater technique that you can use to great benefit. But first, let me go ahead and show you the lick so you know what it sounds like. Here's how it sounds. Now I added that little last piece with the E7. Just to be clear, the lick, the lick sounds like this. So we're gonna be looking at that, but before we look at it any further, TACFAM, this is your daily challenge for today. So to learn it note by note, please log in, go ahead and click Start Challenge. That'll take you to the teaching video, and then once you're through with that, please move to the play along video. Uh, adjust the speed to one that's comfortable for you, and then go ahead and open up the tab by clicking that icon in the lower right-hand corner. You can have the tab and the video right next to one another. Okay, so this lick, what's it good for? This lick finds itself at home in a major sounding blues. And the example that I have for that is just a simple shuffle that sounds like this. So to me, that, that blues shuffle sounds rather major. Uh, conversely, if, you, if you're like, I'm not sure what you're talking about, Tone, let me finger pick something bluesy that sounds more minor. Here goes nothing. So that has a little bit more of a, a brooding tone, whereas the shuffle has, well, it sounds a little bit more happy. And again, that's where this lick finds itself at home. In fact, you can use that in between shuffle sequences. That would sound like this. a great way to break up uh, a standard shuffle. Now, there's something that this lick exposes that I want you to use and I want you to experiment with, and that is the use of chromatics. 
Okay, chromatics, essentially you can play a chromatic scale by just fretting every single fret, right? So it would sound like this. Okay, and not all too interesting, right? Well, when you place it in a musical context, it holds a lot more interest because all of a sudden your ear gravitates towards notes that work within the key and kind of is offended by notes that are outside the key. Well, that's the beauty of chromatics. They're outside the key, but only temporarily. Meaning your ear grabs hold of them and says, what? And then by the time you realize what's going on, you're back to a scale note. And that sequence here, that contains chromatic notes. Sometimes they're referred to as passing tones. So they kind of are ear benders. That's a term that I heard from Jimmy Heffernan, great dobro player, don't want to steal the term. Uh, so anyways, so that's how it works in this lick. You have pretty cool sounding. And you have some licks that are outside the scale, uh, which again, draws the listener's ear to them. Now you can take this chromatic idea and use it on other chords. And you don't even have to know what notes you're hitting. It's more about making sure that you're falling in rhythm. Let me go ahead and show you how this would look uh, or how this would sound over a C chord. Or maybe a, a G chord as well. I'll do a very extreme example over the G chord. That's a great example because it just goes to show that the notes are almost irrelevant. It's where we start and where we end up. Everything in the middle doesn't really matter as long as you're playing it in time and you arrive at the ending point when you need to. Uh, so keep that in mind going forward. It's really fun to mess with. It kind of uh, let all the rules go out the window and just give it a shot. It might, it might be a complete train wreck. That's okay. It's just experimentation. But that particular lick, the one that I showed you earlier, made me think of how beneficial chromatics are. And I just wanted to share it in this segment because I think you'll find it useful as well, especially if you're jamming in a bluegrass setting and you're like, I got to fill some space. I don't know what to do. Chromatics are your best friend. Now, uh, before we get back to the show, I just, there's something quick I want to mention. Um, and it, it was brought to my attention from a, a great author, Adam Grant. And actually we looked at a graphic, uh, some acoustic Tuesdays ago that, that referenced this, but I want you to celebrate your guitar routine. I want you to celebrate its consistency. Nothing feels better than having a solid guitar routine that's consistent. You can look back over weeks, over months, sometimes over years and say, wow, I played five days every single week this year. That's incredible. That's, that's celebration worthy. You know what's also celebration worthy? Coming back to your routine after life dealt you a curveball and you strayed away from it. That's celebration worthy as well. You know, we wear, we wear this consistency as a badge of honor. And it is, it is. It's, it's an amazing feat given the chaos of life that, that any guitar player is able to maintain consistency. But the reality is sometimes that consistency wavers depending on what's going on. Maybe you fall into a little bit of a, you know, a bummer phase where you're not playing all that much, but you come back to your routine. That's celebration worthy as well. You know, you can get stuck in this mindset of like, ah, oh, I haven't played in two weeks. 
what's the use? Uh, I can come back and play a little bit, but I lost those two weeks. That's a negative way to look at it. But if you look at it, if you look at it in a positive light, all of a sudden you're like, I didn't play for the last two weeks. I really wish I would have, but I'm coming back to it right now. And that's what's important. It's a subtle reframe. And I think it's really, really necessary, again, to celebrate your routine, celebrate consistency, but also celebrate the fact that maybe you haven't played for a while and you're coming back. Bottom line, celebrate because it feels good. And when something feels good, you're way more likely to do it. And for us, guitar playing feels good. And why wouldn't we want to do it more? So celebrate, god darn it. Now I want to introduce you to Keith M. Keith M is a TAC family member who has been through it all. He stopped playing guitar for a long time. He got back into playing guitar. He ran into pretty much every obstacle you could run into, but he maintained consistency because of his guitar routine. I had the chance to talk to Keith during the last Tony's Acoustic Challenge 90 Day Progress Party. It was a great discussion and we really covered the gamut of topics. You're gonna hear what obstacles he ran into over the last 180 days of his guitar journey, how he maintained consistency, the type of relationship he has with his guitar and he also almost fell into the trap. Well, he actually did fall into the trap of a common guitar myth. Somebody told him if you don't have a minimum of a half an hour every day to play guitar, you may as well not play at all because that's the only way you're going to get better. So what did Keith do? He didn't play at all for quite some time. And then he found out about the 10 minute rule. Rather than me tell Keith's entire story because I don't do a good job of it, I want you to hear from Keith himself. Here's a portion of our interview from that last Tony's Acoustic Challenge 90 day progress party. How were you able to maintain consistency given that you encountered roughly eb every obstacle you could over the last 180 days? <laughs> what, what was your secret, I guess? Well, um, I say it like this, uh, it's kind of weird and that's okay. It's become more of a relationship with my guitar instead of like my reward every day is picking up the guitar and just getting to play. It's, it's, nice. it's become like a love relationship. Uh, no, di I mean, it's different, but I mean, I'm passionate about it. And when you become passionate about something, it uh, makes everything else easy. That's just how I, how I did it. I just, I went through each and every day because uh, like the love I have for my wife, my children, my grandchildren, everything else. Uh, I just absolutely love picking up this guitar and, and uh, learning to play. I, I put it off for a long time. I had somebody tell me if all you're going to do is 30 minutes a day, don't waste your time. And that was over 20 years ago. So I didn't. And then someday I heard this long haired bearded guy say, all you need is 10 minutes a day. And uh, it's been good every day since. Thanks to Keith for sharing that and really touching on a very important topic. And that is having a relationship with your guitar, really the relationship that develops 
with your guitar. And I'm talking about me, and I'm talking about you watching this. I think the guitar is one of those friends that, well, is always there for us. And um, that's something to celebrate for certain. And I think Keith has very much gotten in touch with that, and it's paid off big time because he is consistent and he, he is achieving that day-to-day -day progress that all of us guitar players look for. So again, huge thanks to Keith. Next up, let's go ahead. Oh, we're gonna go, oh, geez. We're gonna head to uh, Detroit Red Wing country. Yeah, we're gonna go to Michigan, specifically Davison, Michigan. We're gonna visit guitar geek Raymond B and take a look at his guitar snow. And wow, is it chocked full of goodness. Let's go ahead and dig in and see what, uh, <laughs> I almost called him Davison. Let's go ahead and see what Raymond B has in his guitar snow. Here's what he's got. A 2007 Esteban, a 2006 La Patrie Etude nylon string. I used to own one of those and absolutely loved it. I very foolishly sold it. I wish I had it back. A beautiful sounding guitar, as uh, Raymond noted here in his description. Next, a 2021 Seagull S6, a 2021 Squire Telecaster, a 2021 Fender Champion 20 amp from Elderly in Lansing, Michigan, a 2010 Bach Stradivarius Silver Trumpet that he uses to play taps at the cemetery on Memorial Day, a 2009 D110 Gibson Great Highland Pipes made in Willoughby, Ohio. He plays in the Flint Scottish Pipe Band, currently on sabbatical due to catching COVID over the Christmas holidays. He says that's hard on the lungs. Well, hopefully you're feeling better, Raymond. He says, if your ears can handle it, you can look up Flint Scottish Pipe Band on YouTube. If you find any with a really big tall dude, that's me, six foot six inches. Next, a 2012 Gibson Fireside Small Pipes in the key of A, which allows him to play duets with his mom on violin. Uh, next, a 1962 Baldwin Hamilton piano, given to me by my mom, who was a piano teacher. I was born in 1961, so that is my vintage instrument. Mom said every child in the family had to take piano lessons to learn to read treble and bass clef. My wife Paula is sporting a 2002 Detroit Red Wings Stanley Cup Champions t-shirt. Uh, great addition there. Nope, no, no complaints on this end. I'm a Chicago Blackhawks fan, as you know, but I respect any Stanley Cup champion. Uh, so congrats to the Detroit Red Wings back in 2002. Um, hopefully that uh, their team is is pulling it together for this season uh, and probably the next. They're they're kind of in a rebuild, much like the Hawks, but. To me, Detroit is doing a hell of a lot better with their rebuild. The Hawks kind of sold everybody, and we have no team left. Anyways, that's my hockey gripe. Moving back into Raymond's description, he says this. Also included in the picture, uh, his champion, Gordon Setter. Black and tan at the bottom of the photo. He's not photogenic. His name is Stillmore. He's a Sweet 16 champion uh, from 2017. We call her Florence after my great-grandmother, Florence Nightingale Gordon. Yes, I'm part of the Scottish Gordon clan. After setting up all those guitars, there was no time to put on my clan kilt. P.S. I wore my new guitar snow shirt to the grocery store, and the cashier was mesmerized by the resonator. She told me Dire Straits' Mark Knopfler plays one. He also says, I forgot to include the 2021 Old Town Farida, Gibson-like short-scale acoustic guitar that I helped my music major daughter by at Elderly's over the Christmas break. Sitka spruce top, mahogany layered back and sides, made in China exclusively for Elderly, which is in Old Town, Lansing, Michigan. I've actually heard a lot of good things about those Farida guitars, and I also want to, uh, well gosh, I want to say thanks to Raymond for submitting his picture and including such fantastic stories. I always feel like I get to know you all better when you submit a guitar signal because there's just wonderful stories, cool instruments included, and uh, well, it's just, it's just great to hear from you. So if you're sitting there thinking, I have a cool story, 
I've got cool guitars. I happen to be a hockey fan too. You don't have to be a hockey fan, but I love hearing your hockey stories. Uh, go ahead and submit your guitar song. I'd love to feature you on the Acoustic Tuesday show. And if you're wondering, how the hell do I do that? Well, here's my strappingly beautiful assistant to, t <laughs> to tell you how. <laughs> Take it away, Tonetta. I wanna to propose to you a win-win-win scenario. I wanna feature you on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Yes, I wanna feature you and your guitar snow, or you and your Acoustic Tuesday merchandise. Step number one, go to tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. Once you're there, pick out your favorite guitar snow shirt, your favorite Acoustic Tuesday merchandise, get it shipped directly to your door. Step number two, once your merchandise arrives, go ahead and put it on and take a picture of yourself, either just wearing Acoustic Tuesday merchandise, or if you have a guitar signal shirt, take a picture in front of all of your guitars. And then once you're done with that, step number three is to upload your picture at tonypolacastro.com forward slash shop. There's a link right on that page. Click it, you can upload your photo, and boom, you'll be featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Win number one, you get featured in the Acoustic Tuesday show. Win number two, you get some cool snazzy Guitar Geek merchandise. Win number three, the biggest win of them all, all proceeds from the TonyPolacastro.com forward slash shop are being donated to Guitars for Vets. You get featured in the show, you get cool new shirts, cool new merchandise, and you help out Guitars for Vets. Win, win, win. Okay, back to the show. It's now time for your weekly dose of acoustic news you can use. And to kick things off, I have a story that relates to what Keith M. was talking about. You know, Keith was talking about having passion for your guitar, having this wonderful relationship with your guitar. And then that led me to something I saw on Instagram from none other than Adam Grant. And I thought it was a great follow-up to what Keith had to say, because it involves you and your guitar journey, and the passion that you can actually cultivate by playing guitar. Here's what Adam Grant had to say. Many people procrastinate because they're waiting for their motivation to rise. They forget that getting started is what leads their motivation to rise. Passion is not a prerequisite for progress. It's often the result of progress. So essentially, the more progress that you achieve, the more passion that you develop, and ultimately you extinguish that, that urge to procrastinate, or that, that urge to say, well, I'll play guitar only when. And there's a great graphic that he included, and it just says, not, I need to be in a better mood to do this drawing, but I will be in a better mood if I do this drawing. If you remove drawing from that graphic and go ahead and replace it with guitar playing, I think it is pretty, um, it's pretty dead on. So I wanted to share that with you. Uh, next up is something very interesting. I found this by accident. Again, scrolling uh, Instagram, maybe not by accident, but it surprised me. Piedmont Blues, a blues duo that I featured here uh, on this show, gosh, probably over, well over a year ago at this point, um, I saw a post that they made about a Mississippi John Hurt documentary. And I thought, ooh, very interested in that because I'm a huge Mississippi John Hurt fam, fan, <laughs> I said family, jeez Louise. I'm a huge Mississippi John Hurt fam, fan, holy smokes, rewind tone. I'm a huge Mississippi John Hurt fan, meaning I like his music, the music that he made. And when I saw that there was gonna be a documentary, I was like ultra, ultra pumped. They're doing a GoFundMe to raise money for this documentary. See, I thought that the documentary was made already, but turns out they need our help. 
and I'm talking about our entire acoustic guitar community. There's currently a fundraiser going on to raise funds for this film. And the goal is $25,000. The current amount is $1,206. I personally and selfishly would love to see this goal get met because, well, I wanna see this film. And, uh, you know, interestingly enough, check this out. You can go to the GoFundMe page. I'll go ahead and put the link in the description below uh, so you can just link to it directly from this episode of the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Um, but check this out. The organizer of the GoFundMe is Mary Hurt, whom I believe may have some relation to Mississippi John Hurt. I don't know that for fact, but judging by the last name, I think that's true. And the location of Mary Hurt is in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, which is the neighboring suburb to Schaumburg, which is where I grew up. So I thought to myself, that's just really cool. I wonder if there's a connection to be made there. So Mary Hurt, if you're watching, uh, reach out. I'd love to, to meet you uh, next time I'm back home in Schaumburg. Um, total side note there. But anyways, I guess the bottom line, what I'm trying to say is this is a really cool proposed documentary that I think all of us guitar geeks would love to see. So let's try and help make it happen. Uh, $25,000 is the goal. It's currently at $1,200. Uh, let's hop in there and, and uh, whatever you can donate, donate. And if you can't donate, don't worry. You can still help by spreading the word about this documentary, this proposed documentary. Pretty great stuff. Uh, so let's, let's help out where we can. Okay, next up, on my news item list here. Oh, this is so cool, talking about hockey. I gotta find this post. This was by, uh, 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 I was gonna say Smithsonian Folkways. Um, what's the Canadian music store? Mark Stutzman's there. Uh, hold on, I'll get it. Folkway Music, good God, I need to take a nap. You know, the summer hockey is kind of going on right now and I've been filling in and some of the games have been incredibly late, which was the case last night. Um, so I'm not as sharp. I'm not the sharpest tack in, in the drawer. I'm not the brightest crayon in the box today. Anyways, this post from Folkway Music caught my eye. It is, uh, here's, I'll just go ahead and read the caption. Get a load of this. It's a Gibson-built Bauer Kelcroyden KK1. We've never seen another Bauer-branded Gibson and are going to have to delve into the history books to learn who this was built for. Bauer was the name of the fellow who ran SS Stewart in the early 1900s, so perhaps there's a connection there. But that's as far as we've come on this mystery. Beyond that, and even more mysterious, is that this Kelcroyden has a Sitka spruce top. What in the world? That's a first for this pair of eyeballs. It's just come in and needs a reset, so it will be a while before we have this one up and running, but we had to share it with all of our vintage Gibson fellow guitar nerd friends. A beautiful guitar, and I, honestly, the reason I said it's hockey related is, you know, Bauer is a hockey skate and equipment uh, uh, company, and I just saw the headstock and I thought, that's cool. Um, Canadian store, Bauer, I think, is a Canadian brand at this point. Who knows? Uh, anyways, that's that's the connection. A loose connection, but a connection nonetheless. Uh, very cool to always see those rare uh, off-brand Gibson-built guitars because I think there's a lot more than we realize out there. Anyways, pretty neat stuff. Uh, next up on my list, and this is ultra, ultra cool. Emerald guitars, uh, uh, trailblazers in the, in the carbon fiber guitar world. Uh, they've made some absolutely brilliant guitars, harp guitars, small guitars, large guitars. I've got an X30 back there, which is a large format carbon fiber guitar that although it has a big body is very easy to manipulate and hold, uh, even for a smaller stature player. 
They've got these wonderful crossover instruments that kind of bridge the gap between acoustic and electric. They've got the Amicus. Uh, uh, they've got a Weizenborn. I mean, they've got all these cool instruments. And these instruments end up going to really cool people. And these instruments are a source of great inspiration. Which brings me to the news item I want to share with you. Alistair of Emerald Guitars started this brand new series called The Pursuit of Inspiration, where he's going on location and talking to Emerald players, seeking out what drives them, what inspires them, and Emerald Guitars are, of course, the focus of this, this series. I believe it's a weekly series, and to kind of whet your appetite, let's go ahead and look at one of the episodes, a small little chunk of one of the episodes that was recently released. <laughs> down to Santa Cruz and uh, we had an amazing time up in San Francisco. So we're going down Route 1 today and meet some people in Santa Cruz. Going to the lighthouse which is a really really cool spot and, uh, and then we're going to go and have lunch in the boardwalk and then meet some musicians then at the Dream End in Santa Cruz. And Santa Cruz is one of those places that's just been definitely been inspiring to us. Myself and Kim have been here times in the past and um, just always somewhere that really stands out and uh, just looking forward to getting back there. On that note, I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show. And uh, before we do that, let's go ahead and take a sneak peek into next week. Yes, I do this every week because, well, sometimes I just have to let the cat out of the bag. Next week, we're going to be looking at my favorite Guild guitars ever to be made. Yes, my favorite Guild guitars. We're talking old. We're talking new. They're all represented. And I'm going to share them with you next week on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. right here on YouTube. And before I let you go, I do have to remind you of one thing. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek. Cheers to you, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Guitar geeks, unite.